I'm sorry. I'm, we might have to reschedule this one, man. I got, I'm running a little late. I can't record right now. I've got, I just got, I've got to respond to all this fan mail. Danny, we're just like, you see this? You see this stack of letters from all of our adoring fans? I, I've got too much work to do. I can't record tonight. Greg, are you delusional? Have you ever seen so much junk as in Greg's fan mail pile? Greg, the letters are written by Anton. They don't want audio-only podcast back. It's all YouTube now, Greg. It's YouTube podcast. That's where the money is. It's over. No, no, you're selling me a bill of lies. It's the best thing I could do for you, but I'm leaving now, Greg. I'm leaving. I'm going down the stairs. I'm going outside. I'm putting my swimsuit on. I think I'll take a quick dip in the pool. Don't you go... Don't you go, Denny. I tell you what, you're not leaving me. You're not leaving this podcast. Oh! At least I was wearing the proper attire. All right, Denny, I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Me too, me too. Man, I, uh... I didn't realize uh, that we are definitely on the business end of a Norma Desmond analogy when it comes to the current uh, performance <laughs> piece we're doing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've been replaced by the the talkies. No one wants talkies anymore, Greg. Pick, picture, <laughs> podcasts are ageless, aren't they? Uh, this podcast, it's big. It's, you, it's the internet that got small. So... <laughs> changing our instagram bio hell yeah well if you don't want to watch the sunset on this podcast uh stay tuned we're here to talk about sunset boulevard hey everyone it's movies for win movies for win color is overrated and uh i i've got a feeling denny you know we talk about new media the talkies you know advancements in media and media consumption and technology People are clamoring now more than ever for black and white cinema. You know that? Have you taken a look at Facebook lately? Our Facebook page? Based on our social media activity on this poll, uh, I have been really, really uh, excited because I feel like, you know, a, a flaw of a lot of our polls is that they include stuff that's like too niche and I think it intimidates people and uh, they, they don't want to participate because they don't understand all of it. And... I would have definitely thought this would have been one of the more alienating ones. This is more film nerd territory, and uh, holy shit! Like that's it's just awesome that so many people are uh, are on board with us and enjoying this with us, and have opened my eyes to a lot of black and white movies too. Yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse of just opening up like suggestions, like what black and white movie should we watch? And you expect like five suggestions, most of which you've probably heard of before, and then we got like. 
50 <laughs> like 90 percent of which i had never heard of and, and they <laughs> was... were all and they were all good like there was there wasn't one yeah. that i was like eh. you know like i was like these are all great options yeah great ideas everybody thank you for all your suggestions we did have a poll to pick our third movie of the theme and we're going to announce the winner at the end of the show stay tuned or you've probably just clicked the link and looked for yourself anyways so thanks for voting in the poll thank you for your suggestions this was awesome um but yeah sunset boulevard that was uh one of our picks we usually leave the third one up to the audience this is the second one this is denny's pick i did nebraska um i will say we're just going to be going back further and further from there so (laughs) that worked out nice that worked out real nice very nice for us hell yeah um denny other than uh black and white movies all these movies you were talking about that we got suggested uh what else have you what other talkies have you watched uh what did you watch things mostly in color since the last time we chatted um i actually uh, am getting a little hyper fixated on this theme and i uh watched some more black and white movies it's kind of all i'm into right now um Ooh. i did want to i did want to talk about some shows i watched first those were the only color things i watched uh well i'm repeatedly watching Rugrats over and over and over again because it's my current comfort show um but I don't have a lot of reviews or thoughts other than uh I'm the same age as the parents now Uh, I never thought I'd make it this far and I don't have a prepared statement so this will just have to do (laughs) (laughs) so um so I was looking for a new adult animation um, you know, like, uh, uh, I was like, oh, I'm a little tired of Bob's Burgers, a little tired of Rick and Morty. I want something fresh. Um, mm-hmm. I gave regular show another try. Cause I feel like weird people like regular show. I, I don't get it. It's I just, it doesn't click with me. I've, I've really, really tried to like that show. Um, I gave uh, Crapopolis a try cause it's a new Dan Harmon show. Uh, and I was pretty interested in it. Um, yeah. I did not enjoy it. You, your face okay. makes me think you didn't expect to enjoy it. I, I, the trailer comes up when we're watching Hulu shows. We'll get trailers for it constantly. It just, it does not look good. I don't know. No, <laughs> it it's... looked, it looked real, like a real stinker. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and I'm a little over like the D and D revival fad at this point. Um, oh, brother. Was... It was really cool at first. I definitely had a D&D phase, but I'm not like a lifelong player, you know, like, and so I'm like, okay, we can, we can go on to new things now. I've, yeah, this it was novelty to me. It was a fun community episode. And that's as far as I'll go with that, I guess. I, 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 try, I tried to a little bit, but I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. I played several I, I was, campaigns for a long time and had a really good time, but really I think it was about hanging out with those people more than it was playing the game for me, you know? Um, so, Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't want to say, like, nerd, all nerd shit is bad. Like, I spend a good chunk of my day, like, cleaning and fixing Nintendo 64 games and controllers. <laughs> like, I, I, I like the stuff. I just, I don't know. That just, it never clicked with me. So well, it's, it doesn't need to. It's because we're not fantasy nerds. We're analog media nerds. They're very different brands of nerd. Oh, um, I yeah, see. Fantasy, other than Lord of the Rings and even sometimes Lord of the Rings, fantasy's just never really been my genre. It doesn't have a ton of appeal to me. So 
Um, you know, but uh, Dan Harmon pretty consistently uh, speaks to my brand of autism, but this was a, a, a rare miss. Um, but one I did like that I landed on that I actually stuck with is uh, Netflix's Captain Fall. Have you heard of it? I've not heard of that. So it's basically uh, like basically Captain Falcon. No, are just you saying Captain Captain, Captain Falcon? There's I a wish. Captain Falcon show on Netflix. I'd watch the shit out of that, but unfortunately, it's not. Um, that would be a Falcon hit. <laughs> uh, the premise of the show is um, that. There's a crime cruise ship. The cruise is a front for a lot of uh, illegal activities on it, and they need a captain to be the fall guy. So they uh, hire the worst guy in the entire Navy uh, to captain their cruise ship. <laughs> um, and, That's pretty uh, good. And so he can't know that they're doing all this illegal stuff, and he's a total rube, and they're all stroking his ego. Um, I've, I've been really enjoying it. It's really funny. It's really absurd at times. Um, it's like the right amount of crass where it's like oh you're not like middle schoolers who just learned what a dirty joke is but you're also not afraid not afraid to go towards the severed penis route if if it needs to happen for the story's mm. sake mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right for the to, to better service the plot i understand yeah um I, I recommend captain fall um the other show i watched uh i got current on uh the curse with nathan fielder and emma stone um i was gonna ask about that if you had been current with it still haven't started it but uh how's it looking it's miraculous it's so mm. good um it's so good and um frankly it's finally making me see what everybody else has seen in emma stone for so long um i i think honestly i don't finally I've just never thought she was so amazing. Um, I never, like, particularly disliked her, but I didn't see what all the fuss was about. Um, And I think it's because, for some reason, she just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And she's usually cast as a very likable character, and I think that just doesn't land for me. Um, In The Curse, she's a really bad person. And, oh my god, I am such a fan of her performance. Um, She's so good. Um, I'm not supposed to like her. I'm supposed to, uh, and I, I for what, I, maybe she reminds me of someone. I don't know. <laughs> she just, I, I just, she irritates me sometimes. Um, and, but I, I, I really love, uh, I love what she's doing. I love the show, man. It's so smart. It's so, I've, I've been on the edge of my seat. I couldn't recommend it more. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it. I might wait till it all comes out. Uh, maybe then I'll have a little bit more time on my hands. And, uh, when I read you my list of movies, it's going to sound like I have tons of time on my hands, but Denny, what are the movies you watched? Uh, are those all your shows? Yeah, that's all my shows. Um, I watched two movies. I watched, um, 1941's The Wolfman, um, because it was dope, dude. Um, I'm uh, I'm going through some bipolar stuff, and I kind of relate to the concept of becoming something else and regretting the things you do while you're that version of you, um, and uh, not being able to stop it. So I was like, kind of conceptualizing my experience like like a werewolf, and I was thinking about Lon Chaney's Larry Talbot and how he's basically going around to everyone, being like, "Kill me." <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I turn into a wolf and murder people and everyone's like oh shut up and he's like you don't understand I need somebody to kill me now um, and that's that's how I feel in mood episodes um, all that goes to say man I must have been in a weird mood the last time I watched this movie and gave it an average grade um, it is really good really really good um, very atmospheric um, I think maybe 
I could see why I didn't love it the first time because uh, there's not a lot of Wolfman on screen. Um, it's it's very mm-hmm. it's very brief when we see him. Um, but I was really into the character drama of it this time, and uh, it's very like it's very like much an exploration of mental illness. It even like starts the movie with like a card that says like lycanthropy is the delusion that you turn into a werewolf. Um, and, Mm -hmm. um, it's just really cool, man. Uh, I loved it more than I ever did before. Uh, Lon Chaney, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. I should say, um, it gives one of my favorite performances as, uh, Larry Talbot. And, uh, yeah, love that movie. Definitely bumped up my Critiker score. Um, and uh i also watched the big heat um which is a really really fun noir um i I thought it was really good uh and i was also very aware that i was like dude this is the shit that gave boomers complexes about like (laughs) performative living um because like what uh what year is that roughly i think 50 probably 50s okay early 50s yeah uh 53 53 um same shit yeah (laughs) but uh i love a good black and white crime drama with transatlantic accents um sunset boulevard Mm. got me in the mood for uh for more of this so i checked it out i'd never seen it before um man the uh the treatment of women in cinema is pretty bad even for the time (laughs) like hello uh, brother and uh (laughs) that's not very cool um but like the protagonist he's just so fucking stoic and masculine um and god i hate that in reality but it plays really well on film (laughs) i gotta be (laughs) honest with you um i think as long as you're not watching that for uh instructions on what kind of man you should be it uh it's actually pretty cool to watch even though it's like this like completely stupid fucked up like just basically the entire portrayal of the main character's family life is like a fucking commercial like you know and um i know my mom told me she grew up seeing stuff like that on tv and was like so freaked out that her family wasn't like that and thought that they were the only ones um and i just Mm -hmm. think i think stuff like that was really bad for society (laughs) um anyway i love the big heat it's it's a great drama with a with a really great finish lots of action lots of intrigue um great performances all around and uh and very very cynical much like sunset boulevard i uh i love the cynicism of noir it's just so fucking dope Mm -hmm. hell yeah man a good week for the talkies yeah how about you my guy what you been watching uh everything i watched was in color uh i'm gonna start with the christmas stuff my christmas segment of this segment uh because you know i like to get into the christmas spirit quite a bit more than your average bear so i watched as i mentioned last week we have a lot of fun with shitty little hallmark movies or (laughs) low budget freebie originals this time we had on peacock a hallmark original movie taking a shot at love starring oh who's the female lead from a property you forgot about why this time it's the girl from spy girl spy kids spy girls spy kids the girl from spy kids is a i don't want to spoil it but falling for a professional hockey player and I know what you're thinking. A Hallmark Christmas movie where the guy plays or is a fan of hockey. This is 
like all the rest of them, right? Mm -hmm. No. This guy is playing for a real team that they keep mentioning the name of and show the logo of hundreds of times. I think the team financed this movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Usually it's like, I play for a Minnesota Ice Hockey Men Club. And that's the kind of shit you get. But this is like, I am playing for the New York Rangers. I'm going to wear their hat or hoodie the entire movie. And it's just like plastered with the team logo and the NHL emblem and all that good shit. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And the movie sucks, but like, <laughs> we had fun with it. <laughs> it's as predictable as it is uh, low budget. Uh, to close out the Christmas segment, we watched a much better movie. The perfect Christmas movie. Home Alone. It was not a Muppet Christmas Carol. I okay. saw your face. I read your face. I, I read like, on your face. This early? Oh my goodness. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. But yeah, it, it was uh, Home Alone. We had a great time with it. What a picture, man. Mm -hmm. Fucking rocks. Have we covered Home Alone on here? I, I we did have. we do it for John Hughes Blues? I don't know if no, we did. No. No, I, I don't think so. That's a Christopher Columbus movie anyways. Oh, well, uh, Hughes produced i guess yeah i don't know i can't remember anything that we do on here anyways but it feels like we have but either way it was um it's, it's great it was overdue for a watch for sure uh i love it it's great i'm kind of sneaking a peek at our our sheet here to make sure we didn't actually cover it at any point i don't think we did but anyways it doesn't matter the um another thing i watched because i had some time the florida project for May 24. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. I, I loved it. It's a great movie. I hadn't seen it, and it's something I had known about for, like, forever. But I just never got around to it. I was like, oh, I got some time. I'm going to watch this one. And it took me a little bit of time, but I got, like, super immersed in it. It was really good. Like, you mm -hmm. just kind of... It's just a little slice of life movie. If you haven't seen it, it's... A little just slice of life movie about like a maybe like an eight-year-old girl being raised by her mom and you can tell it's like a child is raising this child basically mm -hmm. they just basically live at a florida motel and are just kind of scummy but charming but like it's just like well, and it's all, like, with the backdrop know. of Disney World, and it's, like, look at, like, the misery and suffering that is right outside the so-called happiest place on Earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, like, there's several shots where in the background there's a Disney merch outlet store that you can tell, like, everything in there is bootleg, but, like, this is how this area area's economy even, like, you know, makes it. It's just like a ticket sales place next to a pizza hut. Mm -hmm. like, it's just this really interesting look. And like Willem Dafoe is fabulous in it too. And I think my favorite part is... I, I think people weren't really big on the end of it. But I liked it from like the filmmaking mindset of like... There's no way in hell they got a permit to shoot a film film in mm -hmm. a Disney park. They didn't. And they're just like, oh no, we're just filming these kids running in a in Disneyland, and it's just yeah. like, 
Yeah, everyone's got cameras and they're doing like vlogs and shit and filming themselves. But like, this is part of a motion picture. And it was it was shot on an iPhone for for real. The whole movie was no 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 that the the Disney scene they for real okay. just like took an iPhone out and yeah. Because you could tell it changes quality, and the director's 2015 movie Tangerine was all shot all on iPhone. Oh, so, so he's like, like he's, an iPhone guy. Yeah, he's got the experience with that kind of thing. Um, I was wondering if this movie did the same thing, but I guess yeah, that was just for the end. But yeah, it's it's really cool. People should watch it. It's super low budget, but it's it far exceeds its budget in terms of like visual quality and that kind of thing. And the kids are amazing in it. Kids are amazing. Love it. Uh, the next thing I watch is a newer uh, Amazon Prime original. Jamie Foxx, Tommy Lee Jones. It's a courtroom drama called The Burial. Ooh. And it's based on... You're giving me a look. It's based on a real... Oh, okay. A real case from 1995 from like one of the most successful um, attorneys in like American history. Uh, played by Jamie Foxx. He's defending... Uh, not defending. He's suing a company on behalf of Tommy Lee Jones. And it is... <laughs> it was pretty good. It's it's very watchable. It's pretty enjoyable. But it definitely honors the legacy of the mid-90s era by being written as if it's still 1995. It feels very 90s in its writing mm -hmm. and, like story progression and that kind of thing but it was fine it was totally watchable if if nothing else you should watch it for jamie fox's outfits they rock imagine a rich lawyer in the 90s what would that guy wear gold glasses and ridiculous suits and big rings bet your ass he does it rules <laughs> that's awesome hmm. and speaking of tommy lee jones i uh i got my watch in i did it I finally got around to the best movie, No Country for Old Men. Mm. Gave it another watch. Guess what? Still perfect. Who'd have thought? No Country for Old Men. A perfect movie. Keep standing the test of time. There were a couple of... Uh, I might have to send you a picture. I took a picture to like send to somebody to say, like, look what I'm watching. Mm -hmm. And there was like... Upon further inspection, there's, like, something in the shot that's clearly from not 1980. <laughs> and I was like, oh. But my re response to that kind of stuff is, like, I guess I don't give a shit. Dude. It didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie. This isn't Cinema Sins. This is just... Oh, that's kind of funny. Anyways, back I, to uh, brilliant filmmaking. I felt the same when I found a continuity error in Casablanca. It was my sixth mm -hmm. watch, and I was combing it to see if it was perfect. And I was like, you know what? If you got me through six watches and I didn't notice, I think we're fine. Mm -hmm. I, I think it worked. I think it was all okay. Yeah, exactly. Didn't detract. So that's all the stuff I watched. We watched a lot of stuff. Holy shit, <laughs> this took forever. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I talked for a long time again, so... Uh, my bad if hey, that so was uh, long-winded. So did I. All right, well, Denny, let's uh, hurry up and get into Sunset Boulevard if you're down. Yeah, I'm always down, like the sun when it's setting on your mm. boulevard. Oh, don't mind if I do. 
Uh, Sunset Boulevard, of course, from 1950, is available to watch on Paramount+, Plus, and if you don't have that, just go to regular old YouTube. It's also there. You don't, not even like YouTube TV or any sort of payment thing. Just go to YouTube and it's just available. Feels a little disrespectful, but uh, that is an option for you. <laughs> I feel like, uh... man, someone out there would cry if they knew you could watch Sunset Boulevard on YouTube. That just doesn't feel right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give the bad news to Nancy Olson. Um... <laughs> Hey man, uh, alright, Sunset Boulevard, I'll give us the Critical Review of the Week this week. And this person, there's a lot of very positive reviews, like the lowest stuff I saw was maybe like 5s out of 10 with just like absurd takes that I don't want to entertain, I guess. Uh, but this user gave it a 95 out of 100 and said, if you ever needed proof that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, this is it. Film noir, melodrama, satire, homage, tragedy. Sunset Boulevard manages to be all of the above perfectly. Yeah, I like to pick a review that kind of summarizes my feelings on the movie, and uh, that was it. I don't know that if I have one. much more to say. <laughs> like, I, I'm definitely not going to say it better than that, and with that kind of brevity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you're not. <laughs> But here we are anyway. So, yeah, this is this is a kick-ass time, Denny. This was your pick for this week, so why don't you go ahead and summarize Sunset Boulevard for us. Yeah, Sunset Boulevard. Let me pull up the character names, actually, because I don't want to say the guy in the square suit. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sunset Boulevard is a 1950 film noir um starring uh william holden and gloria swanson uh okay it's coming back to me uh joe gill is norma desmond um norma actually, desmond i refer to the character as norma desmond i actually remember that name because it's so iconic mm -hmm. uh, basically uh phil or joe gill is jesus christ joe is a man who's down on his luck a uh script writer screenwriter for hollywood but uh he just can't sell any damn scripts and wouldn't you know it, they're coming to repossess his car. He's fortunate enough to park it in the garage of an aging silent picture star, Norma Desmond, mm -hmm. um, who has deluded herself into believing uh, she is going to get a major picture that she is writing picked up. Um, he is happy to accept money from her to punch up the script because um, he's the low-life, uh, low-down, bottom-feeding bag of scum. Um, their relationship uh, <laughs> becomes more and more personal until it is heavily, heavily implied that it is turned sexual and he is uh, a kept man by Norma Desmond. Um, Norma has a breakdown after it turns out no one gives a shit about her script um, and her first husband, Butler, has been uh, faking all of the interest in it and all of her fan mail to enable her delusions because people like this don't exist without enablers. Ask a therapist. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah, uh, basically uh, Joe falls in love with uh, a young woman who's more age appropriate and shares his love for screenwriting. Uh, he realizes he's a pretty big piece of shit because she's about to leave the nicest guy he's ever met for him. Um, Norma tries to sabotage it in her breakdown. Uh, and then uh, Joe's like, fuck all you bitches. <laughs> then he gets shot for his troubles. <laughs> that's the movie. <laughs> and that's the movie. 
What a picture, man. Um, yeah, had you had you seen this one before? You seem pretty eager to uh, pick this one up. Is this a favorite of yours? Yes, I had uh, I had only seen it once, believe it or not. Um, but okay. it was one of those where I like only needed to see it once for it to leave a really strong impression on me and be a movie I'm a big fan of. Um, most uh, re- I remember growing up on Rugrats, um, and uh, I remember Angelica saying, uh, "I'm ready for my close up, Mister Demille, at some point." Um, mm-hmm. And I knew it was a Sunset Boulevard reference because I must have asked my parents or something, and I just wanted to see it so bad because of that Rugrats reference I grew up with. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, a reason I wanted to do it for this theme is, uh, for my money, the best thing going in pro wrestling right now is Timeless Tony Storm. Um, she is currently doing a Norma Desmond impression on AEW, and doing silent pictures uh and she has a butler and um they had the guy from turner classic movies introduce her last week um and it just, oh my god it's been really getting me in the mood for another watch and uh this this theme seemed like the perfect opportunity for it uh what is uh what is your relationship with the movie greg oh brother well it's a movie that came out before 2002 so i haven't seen it sad to say <laughs> It's like a name I always knew, but I don't think I would have been able to tell you anything about, like, the plot or the characters or anything like that. It's just like, this wasn't, um, I guess, brought up or part of, like, cinema culture around me. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really know anything about it. And when you suggested it, I was like, yeah, I've heard of that. I don't know anything about what it's about. So I kind of jumped in blind to this movie, which I really liked. Like, I I didn't even look up the plot for it, which is something I love to do, go into a movie with, like, no idea what it's going to be about or anything like that and just kind of going along for the ride. And this movie is a ride. Woo. Ups and downs. All kinds of stuff. I was like, a movie from 1950, I was expecting some kind of noir stuff. And, you know, the movie starts with the voiceover and the voiceover continues throughout of course but like i was expecting like a pretty tame yowza wowza picture and then we just are shown a body in a pool and i was like okay this is getting kind of dark and then the camera goes underwater and you see the floating body from under and it's super crazy (laughs) that was incredible i was not expecting it and i was like I was on board at that point. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Um, so what are your initial impressions? You know, I, I, I always love uh, I love when you haven't seen uh, one of my favorites, and I just kind of want to be quiet for a minute and let you talk. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, kind of just that. Kind of what I said. It was I wasn't sure what to expect, and I definitely got more than what I was expecting given the the era and like what I presume the tone to be of a yowza wowza picture moving picture show. Um, I, I didn't really mind the voiceover narration the whole time. Normally that's something that would kind of bother me, but you know, the, the main character is a screenwriter and I feel like he would have come off as like indecipherably sarcastic the whole movie. If he wasn't telling the audience you know kind of what was going on in different scenes so i i thought it was really cool i feel like 
like the Critical Review said, it was like a really smart blend of all kinds of different moods and genres and styles, like all rolled into one. It moves a hundred miles an hour, you know, like about an hour into it, I was like, oh man, this is kind of actually a killer script. But at the same time, I'm also having fun with like, ha, ah, Jimmy really knew the score. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> There's those, those 50s and 40s and 50s isms that get in there that kind of like make you smirk a little just at like the time period. But it's not like immersion breaking or anything. It's just kind of like helps you kind of immerse yourself in the era. And yeah, that's that's how I felt about it. I had a really good time. I didn't know what was going to happen next, really, at any point. I was just uh, engrossed with all these different characters. Dope. Dope, man. Um, I've got real similar, uh, <clears throat> you know, similar thoughts. It's, it's so weird. Um, I would say that, like, early Hollywood um, in general is a time that I obviously never experienced and am also very nostalgic for. Um, you know, mm -hmm. like, it, it hurts that I'll never, like, walk these streets. There's, like, an ache in me to do that. Um, and uh, this is one of those just really, really great. I, I just love seeing, like, the dark side of L.A. in these, uh, in these noirs. Um, man, I, I'm, I could watch this anytime. Anytime. Um, how about that performance from, uh, from who's the actress that plays Norma Desmond? Uh, Gloria Swanson. Jesus, how about yeah. that performance? She um, she was dishing out some serious Jenna Maroney vibes every once in yes. a while. Yes. Um, one of my notes here is just like, Norma is such an actress, LMAO. She's just like, everything is like over the top, but like, you know, we were just discussing The Wrestler. Somebody whose life and identity entirely was performance mm -hmm. and that kind of thing and mm -hmm. just like that sort of attitude and disconnect from reality is totally understandable and this is just a different exploration of it and her performance was what I would expect a character like this to be like if that makes any sense mm -hmm. from this era coming out of the era she was in because she is a silent film actress yeah as well um the real actress was and i don't know it was it, it was believable it's a kind of character we've been exploring recently and this is just like a version of it i never expected to really see and i thought she really helped sell me on it yeah absolutely um man she just had this like glorious sadness about her in every scene um it's just like this character is so cruel and vindictive and narcissistic and controlling and just all these mm -hmm. awful things um and she can still inspire sympathy from me um, cause I would just never want a, a living thing to suffer like she is suffering, you know, like mm -hmm. no matter how bad of a person they are, like she's, she's living in a hell every single day. And I feel sorry for her, you know, um, and it's, it's very rare to create that, um, 
you know, like uh, to create that feeling in an audience about a character. Um, it's very mm-hmm. hard to do. Yeah, and I, I like what you were saying about feeling sympathy for an awful person, and just like every shot of every shot that we get of a door that has the missing doorknobs mm-hmm. just feels like a subtle visual reminder of like the mental state of the person we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's heartbreaking in a sense. Like she is, she does have people around her, but she's just so quick to use, I guess anybody that gets close to her mm-hmm. or con- attempt to control. And earlier on in the movie, I kind of made a note of, who's really taking advantage of who and it was kind of a question i had and then it became more and more clear that it was definitely norma taking advantage of joe but he didn't necessarily get into it with noble intentions you know i mean i would no not at all i would describe it as a codependent relationship in the sense that uh they you know they both had a need it was a marriage of convenience um and uh i just think joe got in over his head is all that happened um yeah and you don't really like that question arose because you don't really realize it like so early on in the movie right like in in the beginning of their relationship i mean he's telling the audience very plainly like this script fucking sucks but i'm gonna stroke her ego and see if i can't get some money out of this Mm -hmm. like you're getting that side of the story but you're not really privy to like what norma's thinking and her long-term plans and how she's kind of massaging the situation to get joe to like live there and stay with her Mm -hmm. and stroke her ego and that kind of thing long term so (laughs) you kind of lose sight of um maybe a little bit of who's taking advantage of who just because you're stuck in joe's perspective oh totally and you know I think this is a, it's a really common abusive relationship dynamic, obviously, you know, not as glitzed up, um, but this is a very real thing um, that I work with people, you know, trying to recover from and trying to get out of in therapy and that that I've had to deal with in my own life in the past. Um, And it's just like, it's something that happens because a person like Norma Desmond you see how badly she wants to connect with other people right um but she can only do that through them admiring her or Mm -hmm. her owning them you know like she she can't she can't have a relationship and i'm telling you like people like her they love kids and dogs because the relationships are so simple like if you Mm -hmm. if you give them stuff they'll like you that's all you have to do with kids and dogs and they tend to stop liking kids around 10 or 11 when they develop a sense of self and you know like have preferences and can resist them um it's someone who desperately craves connection and they just don't have any idea how to do it or can't be vulnerable enough to actually have it um Mm-hmm. yeah it's tragic or, she's evil <laughs> wanting like the perception or the feeling of a connection mm-hmm. but without like the real thing i guess that's pretty interesting well and i think you know more to answer your question i kind of got lost in the sauce there a minute um but no i know um, we needed that i i'm sure there's plenty to build off that sauce too so no worries mm, i got a good uh a good broth going greg we're gonna <laughs> mm. 
going to get ourselves a stew. Anyway, um, ah. to answer more the question of like who's taking advantage of who, I think if you ask Joe that, he'd say, oh, we're both pieces of shit. Because um, Joe seems to like have no delusion that he's a bad person in this movie. Um, and um, and so I'd say like they're both taking advantage of each other and they both seem to be okay with that. I think they both know what's going on. You know, like um, mm-hmm. they both seem fine with using each other because they're both users. Um, you know, even Joe, like what's he doing having creative meetings with one of his best friend's fiancés in private rooms all hours of the night like you're fucking douche mm-hmm. if you're doing shit like that man like you're oh you're... i'm only oh yeah and i'm only flirting with her at this party sarcastically yeah, yeah. jesus like, like... <laughs> yeah um and then you know really everyone in this movie including max you know our three characters that we're with for like 90 percent of the movie uh they're all just really bad people um and uh they all kind of get their comeuppance they get what they deserve actually not really max i guess did max get killed how does max's story end do we find out what's up with him the guy that fucked off to arizona no the butler Oh, the butler? Uh, he's the one that is giving the news camera the, you know, the, she's the one, he's the one guiding Norma down the stairs, like, right, come on, right. these are the cameras, this is the movie. He's, I think he's finally, like, given up on trying to nurse her through her delusions, mm-hmm. basically. And he's just like, all right, let's take you to jail. I don't know what's going to become of him, because we roll credits. We did love Max. Max um, is great, man. What a reveal that he was her former husband. Yeah, that was kind of a weird twist, and it's just kind of like makes you wonder why he's still there. And it does kind of reveal more about Norb's character of like what love is to her. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, he does have a, a strong love and adoration for her, because why else would he be around? Mm-hmm. But like she doesn't know how to receive that that's not enough for her yeah maybe well like i just feel like it's he's very much another joe if you ask me um he's joe but a little bit older um and honestly a little more codependent it looks like um he's Mm -hmm. waiting on her hand and foot and he gets to live the high life of a butler to a famous person he adores you know um Mm -hmm. i don't know man like I just think like with all of these characters we just see that all of their relationships are just transactional um they they all mm-hmm. they they can't do anything that's not transaction based and uh i don't know man they're just all they're all pretty scummy all pretty pretty big scumbags and we stick with them for a long time <laughs> it's kind of weird how they make us do that i, I guess we empathize with joe but i i think that the that twist of uh of of the reveal that he's her first husband it makes me feel so gross when it happens um and yeah i think it was really meant to make you feel that feeling of disgust and make your skin crawl because it's supposed to show you how inappropriate norma's relationships are like that's just the kind of person she is um that's it runs that deep and it kind of like makes you really you know max is just kind of somebody that's you know he hasn't just been there he's been really helpful to joe and everything but you just like wonder how it's making him feel watching this relationship play out right in front of him yeah and you got to imagine this has happened before at least once right Mm -hmm. 
something like this, oh, but it's just, and they're like, we're watching and we're just like, oh, Max is just part of the scenery, and he's definitely not. It's it's wild to think about what this is doing to him. It just adds another layer of, you know, Norma's complex issues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. I, I was I was heartwarmed though, wrongfully so, when she went back to the studio lot, and all the like older people on set and the security guard and all the older actors and directors and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Norma, you're here! I got to talk to you." And you know, give her the give her all her flowers, give her love and praise. When that scene was going on, I was like really heartwarmed by it. I was like, "Oh, did, people do remember her. People do love her." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's just fueling the fire that you know it's kind of keeping this whole toxic thing going mm-hmm. really it's just like confirmation in her mind that they can't wait for me to come back yeah i'm destined to return that kind of thing yeah yeah um yeah and it, it's it's sad to see her so happy when it's happening um mm-hmm. oh it, it hurts to watch that scene um and you know like like any narcissist um that's all part of her image right um her uh, the a narcissist image is always going to be what's most important to them and when she's outside the home she's a hero but you know anyone can hold their shit together out there where there's rules if you want to know who someone really is show me who they are at home Mm-hmm. yeah no kidding and uh speaking of what's going on at home Denny, I got bad news. What? This is a monkey movie. I know. It's another monkey movie. <laughs> I know. I made that note. I made that note. What is up it, with this podcast and fucking monkeys, man? It keeps happening. Oh, my God. It just You pull that sheet down and you're like, oh, it's not a dead person under there. Shit, this is a monkey podcast. No. <laughs> They got us again. Oh, man. I feel like that... <laughs> that should have tipped us off a little bit more as to what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely uh, an omen, right, of of, uh, mm-hmm. of Joe's fate. Um, God, the movie's so good, and I get so lost in it that I completely forgot that that's, that's how we... That's our intro to the character. World. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen... Did you watch Atlanta, the show? A couple episodes. I, I've always meant to finish it. Mm. You probably should. There's a uh, episode in season two called Teddy Perkins mm-hmm. that really reminds me of the vibe of just like this surreal sort of entry that Joe just like walks into this world of just like a wealthy person in a, you know, past their glory days in like living it by themselves just about in a mansion full of like oddities and delusion and that kind of thing really good fucking episode it's just this weird atmosphere of like i always feel like the person that's in this house is going to do something to the person just entering it Mm -hmm. and it gave me that feeling again and i think i kind of got a little bit it, it kind of moved past that point, but if you kind of want to relive that feeling, check out that episode of Atlanta. Cool. It's kind of it's kind of a one-off one. That show gets more one-off rather than like it, 
episodic rather than like story story narrative driven episode mm-hmm. to episode so you can just kind of probably watch that one by itself and uh enjoy it quite a bit Dope. reminded me of this this movie a lot so that's what you should do yeah mostly that shot of the um when the guy the actual guy shows up right the one with like the child coffin that shot of like joe's like leaning forward in the chair and just like it's this symmetrical shot of just a man he's like so far away you can't see his face but you can tell like this bright white baby coffin that he's like carrying up the stairs it's something so surreal and weird it just makes the whole house it resets the uncomfortability dial yeah. back back to maximum and you're like oh brother what is even going on here it's uh it's almost like joe's harbinger that he ignores um you know it was his mm. warning uh you're about to fuck up man turn around and he like seriously like what are, you want to talk about red flags you wander into her house and she's fine with it as long as you help dispose of her dead chimpanzee that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not that's not relationship material, my guy. <laughs> she's she's awfully convincing, but when you're <laughs> when you're also like, oh well, she does have money. <laughs> uh oh, oh brother, get out while you can. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, hit me with another note. I kind of been going off for a minute here another note let me pull up my notes i haven't even gotten my notes out yet this whole time oh oh brother. here we go um air our dead monkeys are god's punishment for delinquent car payments hashtag airbud cosmic justice theory hashtag airbud cosmic justice <laughs> just pay the car <laughs> uh that chimpanzee could no longer play sports so if something bad happens to you you get an animal that plays sports but if you do something bad it kills an animal that may or may not have played sports we might have gotten several more mvp movies and probably a lot sooner if joe had paid his car payments that's right the 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 theory lives on and i gotta say i think we're geniuses for pointing this out I feel pretty comfortable in the fact that we've really we really got something there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's you know, you start seeing the strings if you just keep pulling. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, bud. We're all just puppets and Airbud's pulling the strings. <laughs> Airbud has always been a metaphor for God, Greg. can god dunk a basketball probably oh anyways what else you got denny um what's so funny i just made a note that melodramatic phone slamming and i honestly can't remember which time i made that note about is what's funny to me (laughs) was it the third time was it the fifth time? Yeah. Who's there, to say? There was a lot of melodramatic phone slamming in Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> oh, I love it. Something that I thought was very, um, you mentioned like nostalgic for old Hollywood and that kind of thing. 
everyone was fawning over Norma and just being like, you know, when she goes to the studio a lot, you should have seen her when she was 17. That kind of sentiment. Ew. Just fawning over a girl at 17 is very Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> On brand. Uh-oh. Yuck. Gross. Nasty. That What's funny is that wasn't meant as a commentary. It was just them saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was not a critique. This was just just standard <laughs> just just a little time capsule for you a reflection of the way things were and are they just learned to hide it yeah exactly uh i was gonna say speaking of fun time capsules of the 50s were there any black people in this movie oh definitely not i was looking okay <laughs> just just checking i i wanted to check i i, I had the same thought there's definitely not and if there were i don't think they would have been portrayed nicely that's how diplomatically as i'll put it dude that's something i think like i was watching like the wolfman which is a 1941 movie and i was looking at lon chaney and thinking about like how much i loved his performance and just like the emotion he inspired in me and then i was like i can almost guarantee he was super racist (laughs) like i can almost guarantee that every single person in all of these old movies and everyone who worked on them was super duper racist um and that's a real big bummer to think about how many times was the n-word used during production of this movie for example yeah (laughs) there weren't any any black people even around and it's probably just was tossed around i'll say yeah man uh yeah it's uh it's a reflection of my privilege that i like old movies i guess you could say (laughs) yep 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 well for every um night of the living dead there's about 30 everything else (laughs) (laughs) for every night of the living dead there is a every other movie from the time period (laughs) (laughs) They just did it right once. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be. (sighs) Hmm. Mm. What are you thinking, Denny? Did you have any more notes? I feel like you didn't take a lot. You were just in the movie. I really didn't. Um, I I, I took a lot if you want to just kind of go off my stuff. Yeah, let's go to you, dude. Mine mine are bullshit. (laughs) I was just watching. So... Yeah, normally we're like wrapping up at this point, but we spent so much time talking about, uh, you know, Hallmark movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I thought Nancy Olsen, who played Betty Schaefer, I think it was the eyes, but she looked a lot like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I see that. She she looked a lot like her to the point where I was like looking up Nancy Olsen, Nancy Olsen like relatives like turns out it was all the olsen twins all five uh, yeah then twins. i was like uh her name is olsen is she a grandmother to a certain set of twins that are <laughs> making pizzas going to paris and investigating things i don't know <laughs> um nancy olsen also by the way she is still alive she is the last surviving credited cast member of this movie hell yeah that's really cool and she 
still uses the N word. <laughs> <laughs> when I don't asked, know. When asked for comment, she just said the N word. <laughs> <laughs> No, surely not. Surely not. Her granddaughter Jennifer is probably <laughs> says you can't do that, Grandma. Stop it. She's very active on Twitter, actually. Some people think she's a little too woke. <laughs> oh, brother. Um, I thought the character Betty. I don't know. I feel like she was a little too naive. Yeah. It's. Um, it was weird. Yeah. It it was. Joe, even in his narration, not really saying the progression of that relationship, like what was really going on. But like, in my head, I'm like, it's obvious what you guys are doing is dumb and inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And the fact that neither of you seem to realize it feels kind of, I don't know if it's the time where you guys are just stupid or like what's going on (laughs) or you're lying to yourselves. But like Nancy was like, what i was just having fun pretending to flirt with your friend in the bathroom of our apartment at a party like weird shit like that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way about her yeah and i don't want to read too much into it because like you could definitely just say that like women were often portrayed this way in film at the time especially young women they were just kind of portrayed as like airheaded sweethearts um that's a good point but i could also say that um I think it, I don't know if it's intended this way, but I think it works this way. Um, she's a little saccharine, or saccharine. I, I read that word before I heard it. I say it wrong. Saccharine. She's a little saccharine. Um, Colby right. makes fun of me for it. Saccharine is what I naturally say. Um, she's a little saccharine. Um, but I think it really works as a contrast to like Joe's corruption. Um, and I think it's kind of meant to, to give you hope that maybe Joe's got good in him after all. And if he just gets with the right gal, uh, she could make a decent man out of him. And then it's the cynicism that I love that he's like, nope, I'm actually a piece of shit. You guys should both get on with your lives. Um, and then, Mm -hmm. and then he fucking dies. (laughs) There's no redemption for Joe. (laughs) A, re- a real heel turn being like, here, look at all this shit. Here's what I've been doing. Now get out of this house. <laughs> Fuck you. Became the first man to turn heel on himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's for her own good. Uh, oh, damn. Well, like, okay. I, I think we're pretty much through everything I have to say um, and the movie itself. What are your thoughts on the ending? I found it very chilling, oh. very effective. Yeah. It, it just like, you think we've hit the climax with Joe's murder and everything, and then it, the movie just crescendos again in tone, and you're like, hell yeah, this is cinema, baby. What did you yeah. think? Oh, dude, it's it's one of the one of the most iconic... Uh, moments in cinema or American cinema history at the very least Um, I think um, dude like I'll I'll bet like someone in like some I'll bet someone younger than us if we like went up to them and said like I'm ready for my close-up Mr. DeMille Um, or fuck that's Mandela effect not that it matters it's Mr. DeMille I'm ready for my close-up but um God, I'm all over the place tonight. Um, 
calming down, finding my center. Deep breaths, Denny. I don't think you were ready for your close-up. <laughs> what was Denny. I talking about? How cool the ending is. <laughs> yeah, um, it's very cool. I, I also think the ending is cool, Greg. Thanks for asking. Do All right. Any other dumb questions I can turn into a ridiculous tirade about nothing? <laughs> no, Denny, not at the moment. Well, I'm going to do it anyway, so strap I'm gonna it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> we still got gimmicks, brother. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, See, that's I growth. I think I've had it there. That's growth. That's growth. That those Self-realization. Things, those things used to spiral on for dozens and dozens of minutes. <laughs> now... Mm-hmm. Now we find our center when we realize we've lost the plot. <laughs> yeah. We're like, how can I pull pull on this thread until I inevitably reach something about 9-11? Welcome Here to comes me. Denny, folks. <laughs> this is me in my on-meds era. Check out my Spotify wrapped. <laughs> it's all lo-fi. <laughs> all lo-fi and Taylor Swift. I didn't recognize um, a single fucking song from my Spotify rap because it was just like I'm always putting lo-fi playlist on shuffle so it was like your favorite artist was Nighttime Beats by Chill Hop Guy <laughs> like it's like okay I don't know that's DJ <laughs> DJ Chill Hop I don't know this man <laughs> Oh man I'm it doesn't matter I was going to say I'm a listen to the album all the way through I listen to six albums on rotation in any given month, and then maybe one gets rotated out. Anyways, we're very different, you and I. Mm-hmm. Now, Denny, I think we're all done with the movie here. Yes. Safe to say we had a pretty good time with it. Yes. We do have a few orders of business, though. we got to get to our gimmicks. So the gimmick of the week, Denny, what was your favorite moment of monochrome mastery? Um, you know, I, this gimmick got spoiled as soon as we started talking about it, but it's the underwater shot of the body in the pool and the cops behind it on land. Um, it was real early in it, but, uh, kick God ass. damn, did they nail it with that shot. That, and like the, the skill it takes to get a shot like that with the technology they were using. Oh my yeah. God. That's such an impressive shot. It's like. It's insanely impressive, and I was like, that's what made me into the movie, right? And I was just like, like, I know how they did that, or I know how they would do that, but how did they do that? Yeah. At this time, like... (laughs) Yeah, great way of putting it. How did they make that happen then? That kicks ass. Yeah, great job. Um, I was torn between that one, but I ultimately went with this one. We're talking about a black and white movie from the 50s here. Okay, people? Mm-hmm. I, if I don't pick a shot with cigarette smoke floating into a bright light, like, what am I doing here? Yes. So, watching movies on the home projector, Norma stands up, she's illuminating herself with the projector, delivering lines, she'll be back up there, so help her God. <sighs> Just like... This bright light washing out the side of her face with a darkness on the other and just cigarette smoke just kind of hanging in the air to show you the exact, like, path of the light coming from the projector. Fantastic. 
not only a great character moment, but a great uh, filmmaking moment as well. Hell yeah, man. And come oh on. God. You're tell me. You're going to tell me cigarette smoking isn't cool? Oh Shut up. Dude, I wish it wasn't so cool. Like... That's why vaping's <laughs> gonna solve itself because it's not cool. Like smoking cigarettes, that's cool as shit. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't make, like vapor doesn't like linger in the air in bright lamplight. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it makes a little blue LED go for like a second. Yeah. That's stupid. It's like you're blowing an iPhone charger. Hell yeah. <laughs> You hypocrite. All right, so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope the audience heard what Denny was sucking on just now. So, Denny, what is your favorite line from Sunset Boulevard? Uh, my favorite line there there's only two options if you ask me and we've already talked about both of them but I went with uh, I am big it's the pictures that got small um, I also mm-hmm. love that line because one time uh, Goldust <laughs> was asked what it's like to be in smaller matches on the Indies, and he said, uh, I am, I'm still big. It's the matches that got smaller. And uh, wrestling fans found it chilling and often post that quote and attribute it to him. And every, every time someone comments, he's referencing Sunset Boulevard dipshit. <laughs> it's not an original quote from him. His character is a Hollywood savant who constantly talks in movie quotes, but wrestling fans and uh, classic film appreciators don't have as much overlap as me being your only friend who's a wrestling fan would imply. (laughs) Yeah, the Venn diagram isn't intersecting quite as strongly as you would think (laughs) between those two crowds. I do also want to point out that I think that's the fourth reference to professional wrestling we've made on this episode alone for a 1950 movie that features zero wrestling so good on us denny do you have an actual favorite line or was it that one no that for real is my favorite line uh that I was am, your one okay I, I am big it's I, the pictures that got small i i didn't hear if that was your runner-up or not so. oh no that's that's well done. that's the pick yeah you and uh goldfinger oh mine anyways let's mine go, brother. Is, uh, <laughs> Let's do it. Um, when Betty asked Joe, don't you sometimes hate yourself? And Joe says, constantly. Mm. It's one of my runners up. Oh. I like that one. There's just a little joking around between two colleagues that nothing else is going on. Don't ask questions. We swear we're just um, good friends. They're just really good friends. Um, the other one I had, what my other runner up was the one, your favorite. So I okay. am big. It's the pictures that got small. But my favorite one, I think, was when uh, Norma said, stars are ageless, aren't they? Mm. Kick-ass. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. She she delivered some absolute bangers of um, <laughs> mental illness, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Narcissistic personality disorder is the term. Vanity. That's the word I was there looking for. There we go. <laughs> Well, obviously I'm immortal, right? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm never gonna fucking die. I'm the shit. Denny, what's your critical score for Sunset Beloved? Sunset Boulevard. I'm pulling it up right now because um, I forgot what I gave it. I can't remember if it's oh, a forty-seven brother. or a forty-eight. And God knows my autism needs to know. It's a forty-eight out of fifty. 
Um, it's, nice. It's not an old timer. It's an all timer. That's what I'd say. Um, mm. I stole that from a John Cena promo. That's your fifth wrestling reference. Jesus Christ. For the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How does he do it? Uh. How? <laughs> ABA therapists hate him. He has wrestling <laughs> autism. How does he stay so laser focused on his special interest and interject it into unrelated conversations? It's like his brain works different. Holy shit. All right. Um, my score. How about that? 48. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a 35 out of 40. I thought it was really good. It's, it is definitely an all-timer. I think it's just shy of a 9 out of 10, I think because of that relationship dynamic with Joe and Betty just kind of maybe rubbed me the wrong way. But this is a classic for a reason. I thought it was a ton of... It's like hard to call it fun. It's just like movie-watching fun. There's so much movie magic to it, and it's incredibly immersive. It really holds up. 73 years later... Holy crap. I don't know. It's it's a good watch. I recommend anybody that has access to YouTube.com to check it out if you haven't seen it before. So, uh, yeah. It's a good Hell yeah. We're on a roll so far with good flicks on this theme. Dude, I, I gave it the same score as Nebraska. Nice. If that helps. I'm loving this theme, man. I think, uh, you know, based on the poll, I'm, I'm probably going to watch, like, the top three runners-up just because I got excited for all of them, you know? Like, this is, this is a really good theme. I'm feeling it. Hell yeah. It's one of those ones I wish we could, like, extend for a couple weeks, but Christmas might be in the way. That's I, what I'll I say. could see us revisiting it within a year um, if, if the mood strikes. I agree. Well, damn. Sunset Boulevard is in the books as they say. Mm -hmm. Now, Danny, we had a nice little poll. It just wrapped up a couple hours ago. Um, the people voted. They suggested, and then they voted on their suggestions. Danny, what are we doing next week? We're going even further back than 1950? Could yeah. that be true? We're going about as fur far back as you can go, technically, um, with, mm -hmm. a, with a complete movie without any lost footage. We are going to... 1922's Nosferatu that pulled off a photo finish victory, bumping the apartment from the winner. It was a it was a journey. I've been tracking the poll all day. Um, man, I I have been wanting to watch this movie for a really long time, and I just keep not getting around to it. I can't wait for this, Greg. Are you excited? I'm really excited for it. This is another one that's just like you got to watch it at some point, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But also, we've got a Robert Eggers Nosferatu movie coming out oh, relatively right. soon. So we got to do this one first, man. Like I think I texted you that too. You, you keep forgetting, man. I uh, I have uh, this I have this racing thoughts illness. <laughs> My memory's not not what it's supposed to be right now. Oh my god, this is set to release Christmas of 2024. So oh. a year from now. Um, Dude, that could be our, uh, our Christmas horror episode for next year. Ooh. <clears throat> we got we have to go to the theaters, watch it, come home, record a podcast, and then immediately like post it. <laughs> be relevant. So I I 
you know what that doesn't sound so bad at we, all we honestly. are we are a current events podcast greg we were a current events podcast covering a movie from 1922 and uh and from 2024 jesus have you ever heard of a reboot of a 102 year old movie oh my god that's insane they'll legacy sequel anything <laughs> <laughs> It's a vampire whose name is Podcast, you see. God, I can't uh, wait anyways. for Finn Wolfhard's cameo. <laughs> and all those old Nos- ass Ghostbusters are going to be in it for no reason, too. Nosferatu. <laughs> Monkey business. <laughs> it's the fucking vampire coming out of the, the no yeah, smoking with side doing it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Eggers knows his stuff, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the caption is, I hear this one sucks. <laughs> oh, man. A comedy. <laughs> 102 years in the making. <laughs> I love modern cinema. Greg, uh, we, we need to make this movie. It needs to be our space cop, okay? Nose for us. We have too. until... We have until next Christmas before anybody can get mad at us, because if we do it first... I've always felt that uh, Robert Eggers is very derivative of my filmmaking style. Uh, He never (laughs) lists me as a significant influence, but uh, I'm used to not getting credit. (laughs) We'll just delete this segment of the podcast and post so as to avoid any legal ramifications. (laughs) It might work. All right, Tenny, let's get the hell out of here. All right. Um, Color is... You know, for this theme, cover is definitely overrated, but you know what's not overrated? The damn catchphrase, Denny. I need it. Gimme it. Mmm. For Greg Work. The Legwork Johnson. I'm Denny the Talent Taylor. And this has been... Silent Pictures for When... We already captioned you when. But you know what we didn't caption you? What's my cage again?
stay.